Let's give a hand for this movie. Woo! This masterpiece of a movie. Well, good morning, everybody. As you know, we are launching a new series today called Summer Blockbusters. We just finished talking about Fruit by the Foot for a couple months, and we were throwing out uh, Fruit by the Foot into the audience. How many enjoyed that? Well, uh, I wanted to get in on the throwing stuff into the, the, uh, to you guys, and uh, so I decided, you know, what would, what would be appropriate for the movie Up to throw out today? So I went to Target and got some Up and Up products, which if you don't know, Up and Up is Target's generic brand of home goods, so I'm just going to uh, throw a couple uh, items out here, and uh, we got Q-tips. Here, so Melody wanted uh, me to make sure that you guys know that, uh, or that I know that these are practical. You know, it's not like everyone's hopping for Q-tips. Who wants these? Who? Uh, not in the front row. There you go, Helen. All right, maybe you know, maybe you shouldn't tell us if you need those. But um, we got, uh, we got another. Thing, uh, we got, uh, yeah, up and up here, up and up toilet paper. It's not the best toilet paper, but it's a solid number two. Here you go. Well, and uh, here we go. One last thing. Up and up band-aids. Melly told me not to tell, tell that joke there. I'm going to throw these pretty far there in the back. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, if that weren't good enough, it's actually 7-Eleven today, which if you guys didn't know, is Slurpee Day uh, at 7-Eleven. And... Um, I did some research on the fine print about that, and actually they're doing free Slurpees a whole month, but you have to get their app. So you got to jump through some hoops, but who loves Slurpees? I love Slurpees. I, I'm going to grab one after service probably, and I'm talking about Slurpees in my message, so you have that to look forward to. Sound good? All right. Well, my name is Judah Banky. If you don't know me, I'm part of the team here at Joy Church and uh, blessed to uh, have the privilege of speaking this morning. I oversee the worship and tech teams uh, along with my wife, Melody, and our nine-month-old baby girl, Symphony. So cute. Love that girl. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, speak today. Up is a masterpiece of a movie, and we just saw a small snippet, so now uh, we're whetting your you know, appetite for the wonderful movie that is up. Go watch it this afternoon or something. But uh, it pulls us in, or it pulls me in, because of the sense of adventure that I crave in my life. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a pirate, and I wanted to sail the world, and I wanted to uh, get shipwrecks and lose an arm and a leg and an eyeball. And um, that's what I wanted to do and swashbuckle day in and day, in and day night, day in and day out. There you go. Um, but I learned actually a little bit as I grew up that piracy is actually a crime and it's probably not a great, great career to go into. So I decided to become a pastor. So here I am. Um, I love the adventure in this movie. Carl, it's, the movie starts out, he's a little kid, Carl's a kid, he has this friend Ellie, and they have grand plans to go to Paradise Fall, Falls, or she does, and she forces him into it, um, to go to Paradise Falls, and basically their whole life passes in the first 10 minutes of the movie, which we cut out, because I didn't want to bawl my eyes out before preaching to you guys, uh, because they live almost their whole life, his wife Ellie passes away, and we pick up the story here when Carl's an old man, and, um, and he's just trying to preserve the memories he has of his wife, they never got to go on the trip that they wanted to go to, so he hatches a grand plan, like anybody would 
would do. He attaches thousands and thousands of helium balloons to his house and just flies away, which I don't know about you, but that's not like what I wanted to do last year during COVID, all this stuff happening. I just take me to somewhere tropical, but take my house with me. Come on. Um, so he takes his house, flies away with balloons, and, uh, and he goes on the adventure, but is kind of ruined by this little kid, Russell, who's so adorable. Um, but it's, it's ruined. Uh, the, the trip is kind of, you know, kibosh. And, um, and towards the end, though, Carl opens the adventure book that was in his house. He thought it was empty because he's like, well, it's empty because we didn't get to have our adventure, so there's nothing in the book. But his wife, Ellie, had already filled it in with all the things that they got to do together. It was a very sweet moment. By the end of the story, Carl realized the thing he was aiming at uh, his whole life, uh, the thing that he, he was planning to do, he got to do it, but it actually wasn't that valuable to him in the end. What mattered was his relationship that he got to have with his wife, Ellie, and then now the relationship he developed with this little kid who didn't have a father figure in his life in other words, a thing Carl thought uh, would comp complete his life, it didn't satisfy him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The title of my message is, What is in Your Adventure Book? And I just want to ask the question, what story does your life tell? What plans do you have for your, the adventure book of your life? Like Carl and Ellie, we all have plans for our adventure book, and our plans uh, are often for what I call a pretty good life. And let me show you what I mean. So we have this picture of this store here. This is an actual store um, in the town near where I grew up in Gaston, Oregon. This is Ralph's, quotation mark, pretty good, end quotation mark, grocery. Now, how many people want to shop at this store? Okay, I, I don't want to go to this store. I don't want okay groceries. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm putting that in my body. I don't want pretty good with quotation marks. Something sketchy there. I don't want a almost not expired jug of milk. I don't want a mostly not used, you know, box of tissue paper. I don't want pretty good groceries. And none of us want a pretty good life. Uh, but if I'm honest pretty good is probably what I'm shooting at most of the time. And let me tell you what that looks like. Many of us are blessed to have our basic survival needs met. Thank you, Jesus. I, I know not everybody has, all, has um, those things, food, shelter, water, clothing. But it's easy to live in survival mode. Or if we don't live in survival mode, we, we upgrade it to, uh, you know, we don't want to survive. We want to thrive right? We want to thrive. Don't just survive. Thrive. We upgrade our survival mode to what I call thrival mode. <laughs> and uh, I invented that, you guys. It's something I made up. Thri thrival mode. Um, thrival mode needs sound like this. Um, I should get a car and a house. Okay, got my car and a house. That's all good. Uh, probably a good time for a wife. Uh, you know, probably get some kids, get a dog, get a career. And then pretty soon your life's like, you know, full of things um, that take all your time. And you're like, uh, well, I don't know. I can't fit anything else here. I know. I'll get a better car. And then a better house. And then I will get better kids. And a better wife. A better career. A few good friends. By the end, some retirement, um, some vacation, some functional form of spirituality or goodwill to the world. Does this sound familiar to anybody? 
It's the American dream. And let me be clear, there's nothing wrong with these things. Every good uh, and perfect gift comes from God. God created every good thing in the world. But I just want to ask this morning, what are you living for? And I believe God this morning wants to elevate our perspective on our life. He wants to take our, our plans for our adventure book, and he wants to lift it off the ground with thousands and thousands of helium balloons to where we're seeing things with his perspective. Luke 12, 13 through 21 says this. And then somebody called to the crowd. They're calling to Jesus. Teacher, please tell my brother to divide, to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that? Well, he's actually God, but, um, but he says, yeah, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And then he told them a story. He's, he tells a parable. Jesus says, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room. I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, self, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? In other words, what good will it have been for you to pile all, all your stuff together? And then Jesus says this, Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we come before you. We want to have a rich relationship with you, Lord. We want our lives uh, to, to count, to matter, Lord. We want by the uh, end of our story, the end of our adventure book, Lord, we want to look back and see that it was full of things uh, that last into eternity, uh, eternal value things, Lord. We want to value your kingdom in our lives, Lord. Help change our perspective, Lord. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I can relate to the guy in this parable. You know, it only took, it didn't take very long being married to Melody until she realized there's, I never get enough uh, music studio equipment. And I don't know what it is for you guys, you, um, whether it's, yeah, your whatever hobby or thing you enjoy uh, collecting tools for or, uh, but I, you know, Christmas comes around, I'm like planning, okay, I want this thing, doing all my research is what I do. And doing all my research, make, I want to make sure I, I get the thing that I want. Awesome, I got it, whoa, for Christmas, thank you, Melody. And then immediately, what's the next thing that I can get the next birthday or whatever? Can anybody else relate to this? Awesome. Um, the world tells us that if we have the right experience, if we go to the right place or do the right thing, that we'll be satisfied by our experience. But the truth is that human nature is designed by God, and it will never be satisfied outside of a relationship with God. In pursuit of a quotation mark, pretty good life, we lose sight of God's vision for our lives. It happens. And let me be clear this morning, there's nothing wrong with possessions 
or wealth. But the Bible, the Bible is very clear. It's all useless if you don't have a rich relationship with God. Now, the flip side of that coin is, we're, is good news. It's that in a rich relationship with God, things go from pretty good to really good. Did you know that God made you on purpose and for a purpose? You know, we, we put it on a banner. We believe it uh, so much. God made each per- person, he made you with your gifts. He put you where you are for a purpose. And he wants to satisfy you. He wants to be the one that, that takes your life from pretty good to really good. He wants to absolutely bless you in your life to where you get to the end of your adventure book and you can look back and say, man, the things I have done, they are valuable things that will last into eternity. God is a good God and he has amazing plans for your life. So this morning, let's lift our eyes to God. He wants to carry us uh, with thousands of balloons, (laughs) carry our perspective off from the ground into a place of satisfaction in him. Amen. Ephesians 3, 19 through 21 says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. John 10, 10, NLT. Um, I've heard this first part of this verse a lot. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But the second part of this verse, my purpose, my purpose, God says, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. God wants the story of your life to be rich, and he wants it to be satisfying, and he wants it to be full. He wants to absolutely fill your adventure book with wonderful things. Are you guys ready to talk about Slurpees? Okay. When I go to 7-Eleven or wherever you get your Slurpees, Dairy Mart around here, um, go... I'm just going to say 7-Eleven. Get get a Slurpee. You know, you pick the size that you want to pay for, and uh, you go to the Slurpee machine, and you fill it up with Slurpee, and you don't stop there. The lids are round, you guys. And the lid, you slap the lid right on there, and and then what do you do? You fill the lid up with Slurpee so you're not wasting. You want to maximize the uh, dollar to Slurpee amount ratio. So you fill the lid, and then if you think that, you know, I'm smart and I've, I've got this, this trick figured out. There's one more step. And you got to give that thing like a few good whacks and make sure the Slurpee all settles to the bottom so you get another uh, inch or inch and a half of room to put more Slurpee. It doesn't matter that you're going to go home, drink a quarter of it, feel sick, and then throw it away. You want to walk out of 7-Eleven making sure you get absolutely the most amount of Slurpee that you can for your money. God's purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. He wants to make your Slurpee container full. <laughs> he, wants, he wants to absolutely bless you. And this morning, I'm going to give you four chapters uh, that God wants to put in your adventure book for a full life. Are you guys ready? Are you enjoying this? Is this okay? Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, I have got an acronym, and I think you're just supposed to do that when you preach. Uh, The acronym is FULL. It's FULL. God wants to give you a full life. Four chapters God wants to put in your adventure book for a full life. The first chapter is FAITH. And I know what you guys are thinking. No, duh, Judah. I'm in church. 
I know, okay, if God wants to put faith in my life. It's one of the three Fs. Faith, family, and... Oh, freedom. Ah, that's one I haven't heard today yet. Uh, there's several things in competition for slot three. It could be freedom, family. No, yeah, faith, family, and what? Freedom, football, um, uh, food. Yeah, that's an important one. So uh, that doesn't matter. The first one's faith. God... <laughs> Uh, God wants to put faith in your adventure book. And what do I mean by this? Faith is kind of hard to measure. Jesus talked about faith a lot, but I'm going to define it simply as uh, placing your trust in God. Do you really trust that God is good? There's a verse, sorry, I don't know what the reference is right now, but it's, it says, in order to approach God, you got to believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Do you believe that God is out to bless you? Or do you believe that he's out to get you? Because I've spent too much of my life thinking that, like, yes, I should follow God, but he doesn't want uh, me to be very happy about it. He kind of wants it to be a little bit miserable. He probably wants me to, you know, work a job I don't want to work and live in a place that I don't want to live and, uh, you know, marry somebody I don't want to marry, which that's not what happened. I got my dream girl over here. But, uh, you know, it's easy to think. I don't know why. It's easy to think that God doesn't want me to be happy, but he does. He wants, he wants to absolutely bless you in your life. He's a good God. There's a popular idea. It's called self-care. It's mostly good, and, and that's the reason why it's po uh, popular. It, it says, I got to take care of my emotional, spiritual, and practical needs, or they won't be taken care of. Uh, where the truth is that we, we do need rest. God invented us to need rest, but rest uh, is, is connected to faith. True rest requires that um, that we put our faith in God, knowing that he's the one that provides for our needs. God wants to take care of your needs. He does. He, he wants to take care. He knows all of your needs. Luke 12, verse 27 through 31 says, Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, that's what I do with flowers in my spare time. Um, if God cares about flowers, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? It says, and don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. God wants you to trust him. He wants you to put your faith in him because he wants to provide for you. He wants to take care of all your needs. It's easy for me to think God wants to take care of some of my needs, maybe not my emotional needs or my things that I, that, uh, I enjoy doing or things that sound fun in my life, the plans that I have. But God, God knows your needs. He even knows the needs that you don't know about. He's an amazing God. He wants to take care of all your needs. So this morning, um, maybe God wants to put, put faith in your adventure book to where, uh, to where you're relying on God and he's showing you his goodness, which leads us to uh, point two, which is the second chapter God wants to put in your adventure book, and it's unlikely stories. I'm talking about miracles here. Uh, God wants to put miracles in your adventure book. In other words, let's let God show his goodness how, how do we do that? I want to see miracles in my life. I want to see lots of miracles. Well, the number one way to see miracles, I believe, is to ask God for them. 
Jesus said, he told his disciples, he said, hey, you guys, you're going to do more amazing things than I did. And Jesus uh, did a lot of incredible miracles. He multiplied food to feed people. He healed people. He raised people from the dead. And Jesus said, hey, you guys are going to do greater things than I did. And then he said this, so that the Father might be glorified. God wants to show how good he is. He wants to show you, and he wants to show other people. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. God wants people to know his goodness in tangible ways. So I just want to encourage you, let's pray for miracles. Let's ask God to do miracles. Whenever, whenever I'm talking to somebody and I hear of a situation that's negative, uh, I just always try to stop and pray, whether it's sickness or, or there's some kind of um, just any type of conflict or people having a hard time at work or, or anything, I, I try to always just pray for them there. Hey, can I pray for you? Because what if I pray, ask God to move in a miraculous way, and what if he does? Well, God, then, his, then he'll just get more glory, and uh, he wants to show his goodness. So I try to give him, I try to put him on the spot. I try to give him as many opportunities uh, as I can to, to show his goodness by asking him to do uh, miracles. I uh, got the privilege a few months ago to spend a little bit of time with Pastor Mara Kong, who's a, a pastor, uh, Mara and Leah are, are um, pastors in Cambodia and do amazing work over there. And he was sharing with me some stories, and he, he had some incredible stories. He was telling me about um, uh, just some of the miracles that God was doing in people's health. There was a woman, she had a stage four cancer and was told by the doctors there, there's nothing we can do. Uh, so we're just going to send you home, and you're probably not going to make it home. Uh, you won't, yeah, you won't make it home alive. And, um, and they prayed, and God healed that woman. And uh, I was chatting with him uh, this week, and he said, she's still alive today. I thought, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, that's an amazing story. And he had a lot of amazing stories. I was like, oh my gosh. But something he said st stuck out to me, and it was... Um, Stuck. It stood out to me. Uh, something he said stood out to me, and it was he said, "Hey, Judah, the re like the moral of the story, the the lesson that God wants to teach us is that um, is that He really cares about the needs of His people. Let's give God opportunities to show His goodness. God wants to put unlikely stories in your adventure book. Are you guys ready for two more?" All right, uh, the third one is love. And I know, I know, you guys, you're like, no, duh, Judah. Church, again, it's one of the three L's of Hobby Lobby. Live, <laughs> laugh, and love. It had to be love, man. We were going to talk about it. Uh, God wants to put love in your adventure book. Let me tell you what I mean. I mean love like Jesus kind of love. And Jesus kind of love is laying down your life for others. It's the kind of love that he taught, and it's the kind of love that he modeled. I want by the end of my adventure book that I wouldn't have just been focused on making marginal improvements to my life, uh, but that I would seek to transform the world radically just through uh, Christ-like service. John, in John 15, Jesus says, Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus said, if you lay, if you, uh, lay down your life for me, you're going to find it. If you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lay it down, you'll, you'll find it. When we love sacrificially, we make earth look more like heaven. 
Jesus modeled this kind of love in so many different ways, but one of the ways that he did that was uh, by washing his disciples' feet. And uh, we were reading in our, uh, we have like a little kid's Bible we read, we read to, to symphony. And um, uh, we're like crying as we read it because it's worded so simply that we can understand it. It's amazing. The, the Bible is really amazing, but yeah, um, it's good. It's a good book. So, and it was saying like people's feet are, he, he uh, washed his disciples' feet. That was normally a task. Uh, reserved just for the lowest servant because people's feet would be absolutely disgusting uh, because the roads were covered in not nice stuff because they got animals walking around and everything. It's disgusting. So they had the lowest servant wash people's feet. Well, Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm going to wash your feet. And so he does. And then he tells them, you guys go and show this same kind of sacrificial love to each other. When we love, it makes... When we love sacrificially, it makes earth look more like heaven. This is a difficult thing to do. Anybody else? It's not easy. Maybe it's easy to you guys, but for me, it's hard. Uh, but if it is difficult, the Holy Spirit, we just talked about this. The Holy Spirit uh, will help you to do it. God wants to put love in your adventure book. All right, one more chapter. Legacy. Man, we got, we're going through four chapters today. Amazing. Uh, the, the fourth chapter God wants to put in your adventure book for a full life is legacy. And what I mean by that is make disciples. When I leave this world, will more people know the love of God than just me? Will this place look more like heaven? In the movie Up, Car by the end of Carl's life, he was kind of a grumpy and self-centered uh, old man trying to preserve his memories of his lost wife, but throughout the story, he grows. He realizes that he could be a father to somebody who didn't have a father in the picture, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, there's a misconception about legacy, about impacting others, and it sounds like this. I can only make a difference if, uh, I, can, if I influence hundreds or thousands or millions of people, where the truth is that often the biggest legacy we can leave is in the lives of the people who were already around on a regular basis. That's our co-workers and our families and our neighbors. When I come to the end of my story, I don't want to have just carved out a nice spot for myself in life, but I want to have left behind a legacy of people transformed by the love of God that was able, that God extended to me and that he was able to get through me out into the world, into the people around me. God wants to put legacy in your adventure book. So I just want to ask as we're closing up, I know we're closing up already. Well, we got to watch a movie in church, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, but I just want to ask again, what is in your adventure book? Is it looking, Rob's pretty good groceries, you know, is it looking quote unquote pretty good or is it full? And what chapters maybe this morning uh, do you need to let God put in your book? Faith, maybe? Unlikely stories, miracles, love, or legacy? When I hear a message like this, it's kind of a little bit all-encompassing, and it's easy to think, man, okay, great, I'll just change everything about my life. <laughs> but this morning, I pray that God would just reveal to you one step to take in the right direction. Uh, a few years ago, I was traveling to the zoo uh, with some friends, went to the Portland Zoo, and um, on my way back, I got off in Salem, well, for some gas or something, got back on I-5, and then was driving for 20 or 30 minutes to where, and then somebody said, hey, I think the, the numbers are going up the wrong way on the, uh, on the, the, uh, the I-5. 
And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, it says like 10 minutes to Portland or something like that. And I had gotten back on I-5 going north instead of going south. And uh, that person actually ended up, that was Melody. We weren't dating at the time, but that's when I knew, you know, I've got to marry this girl, uh, <laughs> correct, correcting me. Um, but to correct the problem, all I had to do was get back heading in the right direction. So maybe this morning God's showing you just one step to take in, in the right direction. And maybe today for you, it could look like a few things. Maybe that's putting uh, your faith in Jesus today for the first time if you haven't. Maybe it's making that decision. Hey, I don't know, I don't, I don't know much, but I know that I need Jesus and I want to follow him. Maybe it's making that decision for the first time. Or maybe that's uh, making the decision to get water baptized or taking next track and getting plugged into serving uh, on the dream team here at Joy Church. Maybe it's for you it's joining a joy group and deciding, okay, I'm going to branch out and meet some people. Uh, maybe it's leading a joy group. Maybe it's giving your time to a neighbor or uh, being a, a spiritual mother or father to somebody that, that doesn't have one in their life. Maybe for you, it's inviting a neighbor or coworker over for a meal to just share God's love in a practical way. Just take one step with Jesus today. You know, God, he does. He wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. He really does. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you that you're so good, God. Thank you that you know each one of our needs, Lord. Thank you that you made us, you fashioned each one of us. You didn't make any mistakes, God. Thank you for each person here, Lord. I pray today that you would lift our vision, Lord, with thousands of balloons. Lift our vision for our lives, Lord, uh, to a heavenly place, Lord. Give us your vision for our lives, Lord. We want to walk on the path that you have for us, Lord. We know, we know, we know. We, that we won't be satisfied by anything in this world, Lord. You're the only one who satisfies, so we look to you today. Help us to walk in the path that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can keep your eyes uh, closed and your head bowed. Uh, today, maybe you haven't placed your faith in Jesus for the first time yet. Maybe you haven't made that first step. And uh, in our brokenness, we deserve to be apart from God. But God sent his son to die in our place and to take every bad thing that we've done, every mistake that we've made or are going to make. And he took that uh, and that separation from God. Jesus took that upon himself and was punished for it. But he rose from the dead. And because of his sacrifice, we can have what we're talking about today. We can have a rich relationship with God. If this morning... you. You're here and you're saying, man, I just want to take step one with Jesus. I want to just put my faith in him with every eye closed, every head bowed. Would you just raise your hand up so I can see it? I'll just give a minute here. Awesome. Let's all pray this together. It's not, this isn't a magical prayer. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, yeah, it's not magic, but this is just a prayer of faith, putting your faith in God. Would you pray this and repeat after me this morning? Dear Lord, I know I've sinned. I know I fall short of your standard. But I also know you are good. I believe you sent your son to die for my mistakes. And this morning, 
I choose to put my faith not in anything good I've done, but only in the sacrifice that Jesus gave. I put my faith in you. I make you my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.